Hello, and welcome to Marriage and Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at taking the money stress out of marriage and turning the focus to enjoying life together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name, of course, is David, your favorite saver, and I'm joined today by the woman who I share multiple joint accounts with, Heather. (laughs) I would want no one else to to be sharing those accounts with. I got all those accounts, right? You got, (laughs) and you're my power of attorney, so you could run off with all of that money tomorrow. Not that it's that big of a pile, but I guess it's yours. Uh, We we have a great show for you once again today. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about how to manage your family finances. I know, big topic. But first, before we get into that, I want to check and see what's going on with you, specifically what's happening in our financial life uh, over the past week. Sure. It's a a good week. I'm sitting here with my favorite person talking about about a fun topic. It it Uh. is fun. I like it. That's why we're doing the podcast, right? I know. I agree. That's what I'm saying. So what's new? So we did have an unexpected expense um, recently this week. And uh, anytime you get one of those, a pretty pretty big size one for us. Big so for us, yeah. Anytime you get something like that come up, it's a bit of a bit of a, a little bit of a punch, pause. To, punch to the gut. At least that's how it feels <laughs> to me. It, it's like, oh, gosh, what do you do? Um, but I think this is exactly the kind of situation where good planning comes into effect, right? So while it was a punch to the gut and unexpected and not fun, we were able to cover it because we we were we had that in our in our savings, right? Yep. Yeah. It wasn't an emergency or anything. It was just more of a, oh, this wasn't part of the plan and Right. What are we gonna do? And then we figured it out. Threw off our monthly budget quite a bit, but um <laughs> yeah, we had to adjust. And and that's kind of the name of the game, right? With with all personal finance, you can't plan for everything. Nope. And so you have to be flexible when things come up. But you do know that things are going to come up, and so you need to plan for those unexpected emergencies. Or this wasn't necessarily an emergency, but more of just unexpected um, surprises. You, you shouldn't be surprised that surprises happen. Right. Because exactly. they will happen. So be prepared. Yes. Be prepared. <laughs> we we should have a Sorry. segment. We should have a segment dedicated to you singing. <laughs> I think Ooh, that could like be that. fun. Oh, <laughs> uh, you definitely don't want to hear me doing that. All right. Well, um, let, let's get into our primary topic: um, managing managing finances as a couple, or really managing money as a couple. I think this is an important topic. Now, when you say managing money as a couple, that could in- include a ton of different things, and a ton of things that we've already talked about, and things we will talk about. Specifically, here we're talking about how you decide to join finances or not join finances when you come together as a couple, right? And I think this is an important thing to show, um, is an important thing to talk about, because uh, this is really important as far as how you describe your entire entire family picture, your family yeah, financial picture. Yeah, sets the ground. But I love this topic, this conversation. Ooh. I do. I am super nosy. <laughs> and I ask all my close friends and our couple of friends, I love to get in this discussion. And I have asked so many people... I could actually probably do a study on it because I feel like I have so many data points of different couples and how they handle their money in their marriage. Um, I find it 
fascinating. And you're really good at it. So I just want to throw in there that <laughs> Heather can get people. If you haven't met Heather or if you want to meet Heather, I warn you because after she sits down with you for maybe it takes an hour, maybe there there might be a drink involved, but she'll get you to <laughs> say two. something that you wouldn't have told anyone else and she'll get you to open up about it um, in a unique way. So it's I think that's a really secrets. unique quality. I mean, I don't get like their account numbers or anything. Well, it no. doesn't go that far, but I, uh, I could, you know, peel off a couple layers of the old onion. So, so this is this is a favorite thing for you to dive it into. It is. It is. I just think it's so interesting because so many people I know that are married have gone so many different directions with it and uh, it's just it's just interesting. It is. It, it I think it, it's interesting because at least it's interesting to me because there are a lot of there are a few different ways, a few key ways, three main key ways at least that I've seen that that people jump into this and uh and they have varying results and so i think we i'd like to jump in and talk a little bit about that in more detail today so but i think before we get into the three ways um i think when you come together as a married couple and you're talking about how to set this foundation number one you need to come to the table and show everything what do you got what's your financial picture both of you right um, so before you're going to figure out how to manage it, it's like, what are we managing? Are we managing a whole lot of debt or a, bunch, a big pile of cash? What do we got here? So I think step number one is no secrets. Let's put everything out on the table. Put all, lay all the cards out, as they say. Yeah, and then that honesty is really it. important it, with all aspects of marriage, right? Communication is key and certainly no more so than here. And if you have, it, it, it's also a really hard place to be honest and to be open because um you likely have most people i mean i certainly had things coming in that i i wasn't proud of financially i was coming in with some financial baggage and it's like some uh, really ugly used furniture i'm just kidding and (laughs) (laughs) the furniture i would say was an (laughs) asset because it meant that my financial picture was a little bit better than it would have been otherwise so you're welcome uh, but yeah, I think it, it's something where we, we have to have that full financial picture and, and we come to the, to come into an, a marriage and we're oftentimes ashamed of what we're coming in with and we want to hide that. And so sometimes we, we, people will go to lengths to avoid having those conversations or to, uh, just cover it up completely. Uh, and that's, that needs to be avoided. So the, the article that we uh, one of the articles, and this is again one that you found, I think. <laughs> You're welcome. Which uh, is linked to in the the show notes, is one around uh, three different ways to to manage money, and I think these are the same three ways we've seen and you've found in talking with with uh, friends and as you've had conversations. And those three ways, and we'll go through each of these, but just real quick first, those three ways would be managing finances as separately uh, individuals. Uh, managing them joined together, and then third, managing it, taking some type of a hybrid approach between those two. And I, I think those are the three main ways. Have you seen any other ways? No, I think those are the main branches. I think they can look different, um, especially the hy- hybrid way can have a very different approaches how you look at it. But yeah, I think I think simplistically, those are really the the three options you got. Sure. Okay. So let, let's just start at, at the first one here. And I'd like to hear your, let, let's talk about our, what we think about each of these items, uh, get your impression on it. So first, the this, this separate uh, 
the separate approach where each person, just to, to give a definition here of what we mean by separate, we mean each person before they were together had their own bank accounts, they had their own retirement accounts, they have they have everything all their money is separate their their paychecks are going into their accounts and there there may or they there may not be visibility into what's in those accounts from the other person right um so some of the, let, let, let's talk pros and cons on that sure i like to call this the gotta keep them separated <laughs> <laughs> a little offspring reference. I don't know if there. anybody knows that. Oh Maybe gosh, I listen to a lot of offspring. <laughs> oh, come out and play. Let's let's go out and play. <laughs> so, I think this option is kind of the easy way out. It's saying let's just keep the status quo. I know we've got this married thing, but you know we're doing okay on our own. Let's just kind of keep doing what we've been doing and keep li- operating and living independently, even though we kind of came together and got married. Um, ideally, if if you are gonna do this way, I think you need to communicate more because uh, your life is joined. So you probably are living together. You probably have joint bills. So you can't really completely operate separate. You got to figure out. How are you going to share that, split the bills? Is somebody going to write somebody a check? Are you going to take half of them? So I feel like even though it's status quo, there's a lot more things you got to figure out and communicate better. There are some complications with that. Right. And you said you are communicating more, but I think you're communicating in a different way, at least than than you and I are communicating. Right. So you're you're communicating more like you would communicate with with a roommate. So right. I remember when I shortly after graduating from college, I had my own house, I had a, a roommate that I was renting out to, and those were the conversations we had. It was all about who how much do you owe me for for the electric bill this month? How much is uh, you know water and trash utility kind of work? And it's this negotiation back and forth around who's paying for what and why. And it, it, it feels more transactional than, than marriage to me. But I, I understand for some people, um, that's what they move to. And I think, it, at least again, I, I think the reason, and I could, be, I could be jumping to conclusions here. So I hope somebody um, can, can correct me here. But I, I feel like a lot of the reason that, that this happens is because there's um, there's a, a need to cl- hold on to to what they have, right? There's a lack. There's a feeling of I'm going to lose control. Yeah, to me, this is it keeps the what's mine is mine mentality, and to say I earned this, this is my money, it's in my account. And so to your point, I think it is about control or feeling that ownership over, hey, this is me, this is mine. Or, or like I was saying earlier, it's about I'm ashamed of this this baggage that I'm bringing into the relationship and I want to hide. Or it might even be under the, the thought of I want to protect the other person. I'm doing this out of selfless reasons to protect the other sure. person from, from my baggage. But uh, that's not really protection. Right. <laughs> it, it will catch up. Yeah. I think one of the hard things under this method is it'd be more challenging to optimize your goals together when you're operating separately. Again, it's not that you can't, you can be successful in that, but it requires a lot more communication because you don't necessarily, maybe you have still have visibility and you can see both, but, um, 
if you're operating kind of separately versus a, a single unit mentality, I think sometimes that could defer you a little bit and maybe not optimize your joint goals together. Exactly. Now, it may not be this extreme, but I, I'm picturing in my head like like a rowing team, for example. You've got a rowing team. Ooh, and when they're, when they're all rowing in the same direction, they're getting there <laughs> fast. But yeah. if, if you have one person on the rowing team facing the other way, you still might go one direction a little bit more than another but you're not getting there nearly as efficiently as possible, right? Or if you're like me, when you canoe with me, sometimes I have to pause and just take my oar out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> take the oar out of the water? Is that is that where you, you have to take the oar out because you need an extra cup of coffee that week? Or you like, you need to, oh, I really got to go get a little extra something at the restaurant. And so that's kind of pulling the oar out of the water to, <laughs> to recharge or something. Putting I don't some know. water in the boat. I'm, I'm trying to link up that analogy a little bit there. No, but that's a good analogy. Yeah. Um, it, but, I, and I don't want to say this is all bad because there are certainly instances where something like a uh, like separate accounts, I think, make makes sense. And specifically, the one that comes to mind for me is when one person is coming into a relationship with significantly um, different or or better assets, maybe or larger assets, I should say, than the other person. Uh, because then there there's an issue of maybe it's it, it's around inheritance and making sure inherit that inheritance that that person's bringing into the relationship goes to uh, entirely to their biological children and there there are legal reasons why it might be good to maintain separate accounts in those reasons and so I I would say that that's probably a, a small percentage of the cases but there are cases where I think this makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, let's move on to the joint account, the, the joint method. Uh, so this is what I would say is the ideal scenario. So <laughs> this is by That wasn't obvious by the last one. <laughs> it might have been obvious. I might have been giving away the answer here <laughs> on where we're coming from. Uh, I, I really, I really like and and think this is the way to go. So I'm very much of, of the mindset when, especially in marriage, when when two become one, a big part of two becoming one is joining finances. So they say that um, you know where where your money is, so is your heart. Your heart follows, or your your money follows your heart, or your heart follows your money. It's hard to say which one is true, but I think there's a lot of truth to that. Is that by having a joint account, a joint account, we're truly invested in each other even more than just emotionally like all parts of our lives uh are are connected yeah so i think the joined option uh is kind of the opposite of the separate i think it's the easy peasy option versus what i said with the separate because it's all in one account, you know, it's one pot, it's one account, you don't have multiple things you're managing and having to communicate and did I give you money, it's boom, it's one place, one stop shop, total visibility, everybody has accountable, like, I, yeah, I think that it makes it a lot more simple. I, you know, I was kind of hoping you'd start with maybe some kind of, like you did with the last one, some kind of reggae song <laughs> talking about joints, but what? <laughs> You, you are the song queen here. Where, know, where was that song? I've already had two songs. I feel okay. like there's maybe a limit. All right. All right. 
missed opportunity. I'll let it slide this time. No, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would agree. I think over the long term, it's the easier uh, option. Over the short term, it's certainly harder though, because it, where I said before, um, in the joint, in the separate option, you're able to, you're able to avoid some of those difficult conversations, right? So people like us, where you have one person that's a, a, a strong saver and one person that's maybe not buying $1,000 shoes every weekend, but certainly likes to spend money, right? Um, that That's a recipe for, uh, for some back and forth and for some tension. And you avoid that tension very easily, or maybe not very easily, but more easily with a separate account. And this having joint accounts that forces you to have conversations and reconcile all these differences. Yeah. And if you don't talk about it, right, you're probably going to have some troubles. Right. So I think that's a good thing because you, it forces you to have these conversations that you probably don't want to have, right? but you have to have them. And ultimately that's going to be better for your relationship. I think another negative point, a con on this one is it can cause some judging and resentment because you have visibility to everything and you're seeing what that person does. And if you're seeing that spender and you're like, Oh my goodness, you went to Starbucks three times this week. Um, it can start to create some resentment and kind of judging what the other person is spending. Cause you're seeing all of that and living it. Um, and if, especially right. if you're not talking about it, having those conversations and you're just watching it happen to you, it can create some, some animosity. Yeah, and, and to that, to, to add on to that, it, the bad habits. So if, if it's more than just, oh, this person's have spent an extra three bucks every a couple of weeks on something like that, that, that could create animosity, but, um, but there could be more significant bad habits that someone's bringing into the relationship. Maybe it's something as severe as like a, a gambling addiction, right? And something like that could bring the whole family down. And so if, if you're dealing with something like a gambling addiction, then having joint accounts might not be the right answer, right? So you don't, you don't want that person, that, that person with a gambling addiction to be bringing, like withdrawing from uh, all your retirement accounts and draining your life savings uh, to fund a, a bad, bad addiction. So with all of these, there are exceptions, and and we understand that. Um, yeah. So, anyway, joint accounts, pulling your money together, I think is the best option. It sounds like you agree. We're in it together. We're married. <laughs> so I think I would have heard by now if you didn't didn't get on board with that. Um. So third, we were going to talk about the the hybrid approach. So Heather, the best for the environment, right? The hybrid. <laughs> yes exactly wow oh this is the, this is the prius of the option <laughs> I, uh, no honestly actually what i was thinking about it is it's kind of like the baby bear and the goldilocks story right where it's like it's just right it's the best of both worlds you get to keep it separate and you get it all together and i could see how that could be the case yeah so i i do well i know well well i know i just said moments ago the joint joint method is the best i definitely see a lot of great advantages to the hybrid and i mean i'm not judging anyone that ha chooses any of any of these options but it makes the hybrid option look very very tempting so that the hybrid option is more around how most of the money is joint 
and on joint accounts. But then you have these separate accounts um, in which individuals can spend whatever money is in there on whatever they want. They can do whatever they want with it. No questions asked. The other person isn't checking in, isn't vetoing anything. There's free reign. So what what has me a little worried about this approach, though, is especially if we're talking about separate bank accounts, is that now all of a sudden we have individual bank accounts, which makes it a lot easier to go down the path of hiding money, right? I'm not saying that happens all the time. I'm just saying it, it makes it easier to do things like hide money from, from your spouse. And it could evolve into, it could eventually evolve into also just completely separate accounts. Like if we're like, oh yeah, we really like this, this process. I like having this autonomy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the key, again, to all of these is you still need to communicate. So exactly. just because if you have it separate, it does solve the problem on the joint about not having your resentment. If I've got my account and I want to go to Starbucks three times a week, you don't need to see that or judge me. It's, hey, this is my money. I can do with what I want. But you should still be openly communicating and trying not to have secrets, right? Um, right, right. And I, I also wonder, like, does this approach end up resulting in something that feels like like you're getting an allowance every week right it could kind of feel like hey i'm just getting this here's my money this is what i've got i'm on this leash um i think this one you really need to designate like what is coming out of the joint account versus what is in your personal account so there's there's a lot of communication to be like should this have come out of the joint account or wait a minute you bought a new pair of pants i thought that was your individual and so i think this one in my opinion back to my comment on the other two this is the is the most complicated because now you're talking about three separate accounts. Now you got to figure out all these rules. What can be in here? What can be in there? It This one feels like, you know, grad school, right? Like the joint account was like grade school. Individuals was like high school. And this is like master's program of complexity. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so there's a lot of things to be figured out to make sure everybody's happy with how you're how you're operating in this method. Exactly. Yes, a, a pair of pants is a good example because you, certainly everyone needs a pair of pants, but you you probably don't need that designer pair of pants. And so, or that many like you who one year spent twenty dollars on your clothing budget in one year, which was <laughs> what, a pack me? of socks. Um, versus someone like me who may, you know, go shopping once a month or something and pick up some things here and there, you might be like, Hey dude, I had $20 on clothing. You had 2000. This is not fair. So yeah, to your point, it could be just the, the value spending more expensive clothing or even the quantity. The, the amount. Right. True. True. And so just to be totally clear, I think, so while I wouldn't classify us as a hybrid approach, I would say we have used in the past a little bit of a hybrid leaning approach in where we've we've had a concept of of what we called pocket money for lack of a better term where uh, we we had a small amount of money every month that we would just say okay this small amount of money you can go blow on whatever you want 
not a big deal. We're not even going to worry about it. Beyond that, let's at least have a conversation about it. Not that we're not going to do it, but let's have a conversation about where this other money comes from. Yeah, we kind of cheated and took the hack mode on the hybrid by just not having separate accounts and kind of just give Dolan out cash. So it's like, here you go. Here's some cash. I don't care what you're doing with that cash. Take it and do whatever. So it was kind of the cheat method of doing the hybrid without having to manage these separate accounts and I don't know the yeah. harder part of it. <laughs> right, right. It kept things easier for us, right? Uh, okay. Well, um yeah, I think also a, a lot a lot around that that whole hybrid approach or or just this concept of um this concept of who pays for what. We had some some friends that shared this concept with us called the family. And this the family was it, it was a conversation around when, now, is this something that the family is paying for, meaning the joint accounts are paying for, or is this something that I'm paying for out of out of my my hybrid separate account or my my cash pocket? Yeah, we totally stole that from our friends, and now we say, "Oh, the family is picking this yes. up." Oh, the family. <laughs> it was genius. It was a genius way to refer it to was. it. It was. <laughs> so I I love it. I love it. All right. Um, well. Any 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 further thoughts on on this topic? I, I think we or should we transition to our, our thought of the day here? Um. Yeah. No. I think just a couple things that we should would talk about on the joint. So obviously, it was pretty clear that we felt like that our recommendation would be to do a joint or maybe somewhat of a of a hybrid approach. So I think a couple reasons of why I'm doing this is. I think it's good to stop thinking about your money, that this is my money or this is his money. Um, because once you're married, you're together. So David and I love Jesus. We follow Jesus. And he mentioned earlier, you know, he says, you know, two become one flesh. And we think that means everything, bank accounts and all, we're one unit. And so I think it's really important to establish that as a baseline and not think, well, I made more money or, you know, or if, if a person decides to stay home and not work, but take care of the family, they're entitled to just as much the money as the, as the person bringing home the money and should be part of those decisions and, you know, making those decisions. So I think, uh, whatever you do, whichever these methods, um, I think it's easier with the joint to go away with that. But I think it's really important that, you are a family and talking about the family and it's not his or hers anymore that someone doesn't get a louder voice than the other person. Exactly. Yes. It is real easy. And we, you talked about resentment earlier. I think that's where resentment can happen. If someone feels like they're being left out and they're not an equal in a relationship, that's another place where resentment can build. We want to go into relationships um, as equals. Uh, yeah. And, and we, we talked earlier also about the, the importance of transparency and honesty. And at the core of it, that's what communication is all about, is making sure that we're communicating in an open, transparent and honest fashion. And and hopefully you you heard that uh, stress that as we went through all of these points, uh, through all these different methods. No matter which method you, you go through, that honesty and transparency is critical. All right. So the take home homework for you all, the topic obviously is how to do your finances. So how are you as a couple currently structuring your finances and why? Is it working? Discuss whether you want to revisit this. 
even if you've been doing it one way for many years, maybe you've been married 10 years, I don't know. Um, I just challenge you to, you know, think about, is this the right method? And if you do have your finances separate, is it really working? Is there a reason why you're operating that way that maybe is covering up or hiding some stuff from each other? So since we've kind of already shared our method um, of having a joint uh, account, uh, I thought it would be more fun to just react. So to share about how we went on this journey. So, you know, how did you, David, react when we got married and decided to join our combine our finances? Ooh. How did it make you feel? How did it go? Ooh. Do you even remember how we decided? Yeah, I'm, you're I'm, looking you're looking really uncomfortable. I'm looking a little uncomfortable right now because <laughs> I'm having some some flashbacks. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's fair to call it PTSD, but it definitely having some some. <laughs> thoughts and some feels about it. So essentially I was very much in the camp of this terrifies me. So <laughs> I, you know, I was in my late twenties when I got married, when we got married and I was used to having total control of my money and saving and spending my money the way I like to do it. And now I was afraid I was going to lose that control I was, I was afraid I was going to have to run every purchase by you. And I, I do run a lot by you. Um, I was afraid that because you were more of a spender, that you might be an anchor dragging me down a bit, right? I was um, – I, I also enjoyed then having having a credit card where, um, where I could – as we went into the marriage, I enjoyed having a credit card where I could kind of have some – smaller purchases go in and I just pay that at the end of the month and you wouldn't necessarily know. So I kind of use that credit card even as a way to have that autonomy um, even after we were married. And, you know, I'm looking back and like, oh my goodness, I was really the per one of those people that that probably would have gone more towards that, uh, that separate or, or high, more hybrid account model if given the opportunity. Um, but I'm really glad I didn't. I'm glad, and I don't know who pushed who on on going joint early on. We did that early on, but I'm glad we did. <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I don't even remember talking about it. I don't even remember having a conversation about how we were going to operate. No. It was just like assumed. assumed that we were going to have a joint account. I think it's because my parents did it, and I, they were, they, you know, I was like, well, they're married, and like the people in my life that were married, that's how they operated, and I, I hadn't been on my investigative um, you know, stance where I was asking everybody about how they manage their money. Yay. I just thought everybody had joint accounts. So we just kind of did it. But I was opposite of you. So I didn't even question that that's what we we're going to do. But I was opposite of you. I think I was super naive because I was really excited. I'm like, all right, we are going to win. We got two incomes coming in. We only got one set of expenses. Boom. We are going to be rolling. And I didn't think it would have changed how I operated at all. I just was like, oh, we're going to be killing it. And uh, it's not really what went down. because <laughs> Reality uh, doesn't reflect that? No, I mean, you or... would get mad at my spending and stress. And then I would feel like I was being controlled. And so anyway, it, uh, I think I went in naive just thinking like, boom, this is going to, our problems are going to melt away with <laughs> cutting our expenses in half. But actually it took, uh, quite a few years to figure out a system that worked for us. Well, I, I think the, the important lesson here is that, yes, it's complicated and it can be messy combining finances. But what 
what you learned is that it wasn't as easy as you thought it would be. It wasn't as smooth as you thought it would be. And I learned it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. And so the the truth was kind of somewhere in the middle. Like it's hard, but it's not terrible and it's healthy to do. And I, I think that was that's a good lesson to take away from at least our process of, of marriage. I don't know. What, what would you see? Yeah, agreed. I mean, if you can have the conversation ahead of time, you'll be better off. Just go in with eyes wide open. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation. This was an awesome uh, conversation. I, I'm so glad we got to get into this. I'm looking forward to next week when we get into some more, uh, some more fundamentals. I don't want to spoil the surprise just yet, but um, we, <laughs> we, 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 we want to start talking into some more, um, more basic concepts, uh, some foundational concepts around um, finances and marriage here uh, over the next few weeks. So looking forward to getting into those conversations here shortly. Uh, So whether you're a spender or a saver, remember that your best financial life lies somewhere in the middle. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.